Well, hello, this is Marius in Norway, and I would rather kiss my dog than listen to I Doubt It with Dolomar. Podcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Thalamore. Welcome to the show, everyone. Episode 435 of I Doubt with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and I am joined today by the almost sweaty in the hottest studio in all of Southern California, Brittany Page. We have another heat wave coming. <laughs> Why is it that we have the weak sauce air conditioner? Uh, I I don't know. That's a good question. I wish I had. No, an I d- I'm demanding answers. <laughs> well, I love the excuse that when you when you tell someone that the air conditioning isn't working, they're like, "Oh yeah, it's hot." Right, right. Yeah, that's what an air conditioner is for. <laughs> that's why we have an air conditioner. When it gets hot, the air conditioner makes the room cool. <laughs> also, it's only going to be like 96 today. Yeah, it's not you know, like it's 120. Casinos in Las Vegas mm-hmm. are chilled to optimum temperatures yeah and are able to r- remain cool mm-hmm. because of functioning air conditioning yeah and it's hotter than shit there yeah so they can make it work they're just choosing not to speaking of hotter than shit mm-hmm. <laughs> uh this weekend we got a last minute call from ryan bell uh-huh. and his lady mm-hmm. and they had uh tickets to the some laguna the laguna beach art festival or something I don't know the official name. It's where the pageant of the masters takes place, mm-hmm. which is if you're a fan of Arrested Development. Yes. It's the thing that they do where like uh, George, George, George Michael puts on like the 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 naked suit mm-hmm. and then they play like their God, Adam and God, you know, like the Da Vinci painting. Yeah. They make famous works of art but yeah. out of people like people are are make up the painting and right. they all stand there holding their position. Yeah, that's a real thing that happens. That wasn't just the thing for the show. Mm-hmm. That's a real Orange County thing. Anyway, it was where that takes place. And it was a good time. Um, although, I don't know. <laughs> I just, if you're out in, in the open, we're outdoors, mm-hmm. sweating our dicks off, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I snap a picture of a statue, mm-hmm. and this kid comes scrambling up to me. Well, one of the employees at the festival. Y- yeah. Not, wearing a little <laughs> right. wearing a little badge, giving him the power to yeah. boss you around. <laughs> and, he, and he wasn't a dick about it. He acted like exasperated a little bit because he maybe he had to say this a million times. Yeah, to maybe people. he's having to tell everyone. Uh, excuse me, sir. There's no photography of the art, and I wasn't I wasn't mean to him, but I I think I was very dismissive or like, yeah, that's pretty rational. That's re-. like it's his policy. I I was way more dickish than I needed to be. That is something that I would 100% agree with because he didn't make the policy. Yeah, but it is a stupid policy. Well, yeah, I get it. But that's not exactly what I want to talk about. Okay. 
What you, I you don't want to talk about how you couldn't photograph the art and how enraged you were? No, no I, well, I wasn't enraged. I was very bothered by it. Mm-hmm. And I kept photographing the art, <laughs> which is what I want to talk about. Secretly. Is that you... I wasn't really that secret. <laughs> is that you were... I don't want to use the word paranoid. Paranoid. The paranoia. Par- paranoid. Um, but you were a little uh, very worried. You were on guard anytime I was snapping pics because... I'm a rule follower. Yeah, you really are a rule follower. Yeah, I don't like to cause problems. Even when I, I sent you one of the pictures that you wanted to post, because you weren't taking any pictures. You mm-hmm. you were abiding by the rules. Mm-hmm. You were like, what could happen if I post this picture? You were even <laughs> freaked out about even posting it on Instagram. Yeah, like I'm going to get a message from the artist. Excuse me. I asked that no f- photography <laughs> you, be... You've been placed on a blacklist. You're no longer in, allowed into the city of Laguna yeah, Beach, Yeah, but what California. ended up happening was that the festival liked my picture. <laughs> really? Of the art that <laughs> I was not supposed to take a picture of. So that doesn't make sense. Um, that doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why. I I didn't used to be a rule follower when I was younger, but like something shifted for me around eighteen, and it was like I've been screwing up in school, and I like have not been making good decisions, and now I'm an adult, and it's time to. Like, get it together. Get it together. You know, um, I don't know. Something did change, though, because when I was a teenager, I I was not like this. So, well, I kind of was at moments because I, I, I didn't drink and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I would go. Yeah, either did I. I went school. to, like, a house party one time, I think, in my senior year, and I was there for, like, five minutes. As soon as I walked in, I'm like, <laughs> I want to leave. <laughs> I don't. This is not my scene. I don't want to be here. We're um, similar in that way because I never drank in high school either. Yeah. Not a drop. Yeah. Maybe because of Jesus. I, I don't know why. Well, yeah. Mine was because <laughs> I was terrified of... Becoming your parents? Yeah, being an alcoholic. So <laughs> I I was like, I'm going to wait till my brain is done developing and... <laughs> well, yeah, but that's how you were together, man. You had to figure it out. I mean, that is the way to do it. Yeah, but... If you're going to smoke weed or if you're going to, to start drinking, mm-hmm. you do it at the latter stages of the development of your prefrontal cortex. <laughs> I mean, isn't that it? Yeah, I mean, it's probably ideal, but it's just a weird thing to say out loud that that was my reason maybe your brain was more <laughs> developed than you thought well that's the weird <laughs> thing. you were able to have well the that's thought. the weird thing so like i had all of this information and i was using it well but i was still like unmotivated in school not doing my yeah. homework not really interested in learning i was like aggressive with people yeah. so i i think that it was just how i was coping you know sure. with life and I was coping well in some ways, and then other ways I was not coping well. So, you know, you can't expect me to be perfect. All right, you guys, stop judging. I, <laughs> I think I went the other way with the rule following, because I used to be pretty respectful in rule following. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was kind of a dick in high school to teachers and stuff, but but now I, I'm very quick. Like, if a cop, you know, I, can I look in your car? Can I search? No, you don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, when I lived in Virginia, uh, we had a kid went missing in the in the development we lived in mm-hmm. this is i was just gotten out of the marine corps we lived in a i lived in an apartment complex mm-hmm. and the fbi was called in and they were like searching the complex and they came to my house to my apartment and they're like hey we're gonna search your play i'm no you're not no you're not 
You have a warrant? You're not coming in. No. Mm-hmm. Why? Why not? I said, because, because the kid's not here and you don't have legal probable cause to to search my place. And then, you know, they, what do you do? And they, you know, they start questioning. I, I work on Capitol Hill for the Senate. And then, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. They acted like dicks about it. But why wouldn't I just let him in? Mm-hmm. Well, no, I get that, though. I get that kind of stuff, too. Yeah. And so I don't necessarily think that's not rule following because that's your right. Yeah. But even even now, if a cop was to say, let me see your ID, I'd say, you don't No, No, mm-hmm. you don't need my ID. Yeah. You have no reason. I mean, anyway, maybe I'm just I'm going off the rails here, but you certainly are going off. The you rails. are a little Miss Rule follower now, and it's uh, it serves us well sometimes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> how sad. All right. Well, it was a good time this weekend. Uh, we followed the rules. Well, well no, we, we did didn't. not. We took pictures of the yeah. art and, and posted, posted it, them. and then they liked it. So yeah. they're defeating their own rules. <laughs> so over the course of the last few episodes, we've talked about numerous topics, as would be the case, you know, having multiple episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have some some emails and some voicemails. Let's start with the conversation about trigger warnings, among other things. Hi, Jesse and Brittany. This is Carrie from Boise. Uh, I just binge listened to the last three episodes. And I kind of wanted to weigh a little in a little bit on all three of them, um, somewhat relating to the same topic. The first one is the trigger warning topic. I feel like I can weigh in on this as a survivor of many things. Um, I don't like the word victim, but I am a victim or survivor of um, domestic abuse, domestic assault, rape, and I'm also a burn survivor. And all of these things occurred in a very short period of time in my life. My ex-husband didn't start sexually assaulting me until after my burn trauma, and I was at my weakest point, which kind of fast-forwards to the most recent episode where Jesse talked about predators preying on the weak, and I really feel like that was the case in my situation. When I was at my weakest point, my ex-husband husband at the time turned on me like a jackal and became a vicious monster in my own home when I needed him the most. And it also touches on the subject that you talked about in the middle of the three episodes on the kind of Louis C.K., should we let them back into the fold, and what does it take for you to denounce a friend um, topic. Anyways, as far as trigger warnings go, I think that they're kind of ridiculous, or at least they can be. Um, I Life doesn't have a trigger warning. Um, there's no trigger warning before you get assaulted. There's no trigger warning before you get injured. And unless you're on a certain type of forum, like if you're on a sexual assault survivor forum, maybe trigger warning specifically there, but we just can't attach a trigger warning to every conversation we have. You'd have to put a trigger warning before every topic you talked about on your show. There's a diet podcast that will bleep out 
the number before the K, if someone talks about running like a 10K or a 5K, they bleep the number out because those numbers can be triggering for people. Like, I feel like sometimes it gets a little ridiculous. What? Um, I don't know. Maybe you guys have an opinion on that. I think I just expressed uh, it. I'm getting close to my three-minute mark here, so I'll try to hurry. And after um, I came clean to some of my closest friends about the assault with my ex-husband, I had many people tell me that either they didn't believe me or they didn't care and they were going to still continue to be friends with him. And that's when I had to start making kind of some drastic changes in my life about how much time I spent on social media, which is not very much at all now, and who I surround myself with as friends. So I don't know if any of that made sense. I kind of feel like I'm rambling, and now I'm way over my three-minute mark. So I love the show, and you're both the best part. Thanks. Bye. We loved it, so you're perfectly fine. Um, Yeah, I don't – so if we were to ask Paul Bloom, like – you know, in Carrie's specific situation. Paul Bloom, famous psychologist from Yale University. Would he have (laughs) um, remained friends with Carrie's ex? Because that's kind of what she was talking about on the last episode. Yeah. We mentioned that Paul on that um, podcast with Alan Alda, um, clear and something. Vivid. Yeah. um, That he he said that it would take a lot for him to end a friendship, basically, um, because he gives people the space and understanding that sometimes people do bad things and whatever. So I don't know if in that case, you know, he would remain friends with someone who uh, did what Carrie is describing or um, that it would go down like that. I, I don't know his specifics, but um, I imagine he's just kind of giving space to say that like, we're not perfect and um, we we can't be so hard on each other. Right. I think a lot of times online you see a lot of jumping on and piling on to people who do even minor things. Sure. Um, and so maybe he's speaking to that, but, but what I'm not she's sure. talking about is not a minor thing though. Right, right, right. Well, that's what I'm trying to say. I, yeah. I don't know what he meant by that. And I'm trying to explain what he meant by that sure, without, yeah. without knowing what he meant by that. Um, where it relates to trigger warnings. I, she gave a pretty ridiculous example. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that like triggering for people because they haven't been able to run? Yeah, that? I mean, yeah, I, that's what I would assume. Okay, look, I've I've run marathons uh-huh. in, in my life. Uh-huh. Good, and good job. No, it's a bummer. They're fucking stupid. It's not healthy, <laughs> uh, especially when you're at the time I was six foot one, two fifteen, mm-hmm. and not built for marathons. Good you times. Know, I, I'm not a little Kenyan guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's the build. For marathons. Yeah. You know, those guys kick ass. You know what I mean? Good times. So, I I just think that's a weird... Like, if they're doing it seriously, that's that's weird to me. That's I would love someone to try to explain that away as a, as a, um, a useful thing. Well, so you were talking about running marathons. Were you going to say that people are, like, competitive in the... Like, do they ask you, oh, how many have you run? Or, like, oh, how... Far have yeah, you I, run? <laughs> for sure, especially in 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 street racing, long distance racing like that, uh-huh. road races is um, you're competing really against yourself in your previous time. So oh. it's really you're you're in your own head the whole time. It's mm-hmm. not like you're. I mean, obviously, it is a race against other people. Mm-hmm. 
But really, the the world class athletes who compete against one another, it's such a long race, especially some of these, you know, ten k races. I mean, that's not super super long. It's like one of my favorite quotes from the sunscreen song: Um, "The race is long, and in the end, it's only with yourself." Yeah, that's right. That's true. So, so maybe that. I mean, still, that's not a, a reason to bleep the goddamn number. Yeah. So I, I, I'm with Carrie in that I also have trauma in my background. And I feel that um, they are unnecessary. Um, but I do give that space to other people who feel it is necessary, feel it is important, and do something, and it does something important for them, like sure. like Ben in Seattle. Um, and I I get it with the the life is triggering too. And I I talked about it a little bit last time. But um, when I go to movies, there's certain scenes in movies that will remind me of the trauma um certain things that i do during the day will remind me of it um so i i've just learned to know that that's what's going to happen yeah and um develop the tools to kind of deal with it another element to this i think for me is when when a word gets used and kind of adopted by into the lexicon by certain groups, usually um, what I would consider like extreme liberals, like activist type of liberals, mm-hmm. like like check your privilege. You better check your privilege. It just it becomes kind of douchey and trigger warning. You need to because tr- I'm triggered that sometimes I need to check myself because I I get a bad attitude about something. Just because of the types of people who are common to use these phrases, I think, too much. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like forcing their vernacular on the rest of everybody. And so what I'm, I know I'm still sounding like a dick about it, but what I'm saying is maybe that's a problem in me Mm -hmm. that I'm just kind of being an asshole about something that uh, is new to me. I'm like the grumpy old man. You know, get off my lawn. Maybe it's like a the contrarian bone in your body yeah, that starts flaring up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, may, may, maybe so. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's that's the that's the cross that I bear, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Carrie, thank you for the call. We we love and appreciate you very much, and uh, certainly appreciate you sharing your uh, your stories with us. Yes, for sure. So we have an email um, that is from Nemo in Maine in response to, I believe, Kevin in San Antonio. Oh, yeah. Kevin, I think, directly called him out. Yes. And said he didn't know about him. Yeah, not not sure about that guy. Um, yeah, see? I just wanted to say very briefly, as it seems many people feel rather authoritative about this on the left, but I do not need anyone's approval just because I decided to stop supporting Trump. I'm sort of confused as to what these certain people want exactly anyway, for me to stay supporting Trump or some sort of punishment. People make mistakes and people change their minds. Also, you guys were correct to consider that people live in different information echo chambers or certain bubbles of news sources, say. I never once during my support for Trump felt he was being racist. Do you think I would have ever gotten into him if I did? I'm a minority myself. The last emailer was also correct to be unsure about me. (laughs) I don't consider myself a liberal now at all, but a centrist. Aspects from both sides resonate with me in theory, 
and at times both sides make me sick. I went from liberal to conservative before settling in the center. What resonates with me, however, politically is the Constitution, and neither side stays true to it unless it will benefit them. Anyway, just because I will not vote for Trump does not mean I'll never vote red again or blue or even something else. The party does not define the individual. I think if we all take a moment to love our neighbors, gay, straight, Muslim, Christian, Republican, Democrat, black, white, and everything in between, then perhaps this country can one day become less divided. Nemo from Maine. Nemo from Maine. Thank you. Um, There is one thing. Let me push back against Nemo. When he says... Uh, do you think I would have gotten into him had had I thought he was racist? How the fuck do we know, man? We don't know you. Mm-hmm. I know lots of people who are they knew he was racist and were like, yeah, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Doesn't affect me. Well, then he went on to say I'm a minority myself. Yeah, but still, I mean, I know blacks who are still fully on the conspiracy theory Trump train. So mm-hmm. uh, that's that's not a great argument. Mm-hmm. But I agree. I agree with him. Who are who people like I'm not for Kevin to say I'm not sure about that guy. Kevin doesn't know this guy. He all he knows is one one minute aspect of of his life and who he is that he shared with us in an email once Mm -hmm. to to make some some flash judgment. Yeah, is 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 ridiculous. Well, I think Kevin's email is really telling, though, and instructive about the power of partisanship, because what he's really saying is, um, I don't know if he's actually in my tribe yet. Yeah. I don't know if I can trust him because he hasn't proven that he is a member of my tribe. Super tribal. And that's really what it came down to. And I I think that we're all, we all have that in us. And I don't know how well it's serving us in the political climate, um, especially around having political conversations and trying to get people to see or um, consider additional evidence to change their position. If we're suspicious of someone because they don't have all of our shared beliefs, they don't have all of our same beliefs, um, you're going to go through life being suspicious of everyone because no one shares all of your beliefs. Yeah, I just I don't think that's like a productive way to approach yeah. these political conversations. I agree. So, so on the Kevin's email um, train of thought here, let's let's go to Brandon in Georgia who also had some thoughts. Hey, Jesse and Brittany, this is Brandon from Georgia. I'm just calling about uh, Kevin's email, and well, it's very long. I do want to support him on at least one topic. Um. The idea that former Trumpers, people that no longer support Donald Trump, are just, you know, whether they're going to vote Democrat or they're just going to go back to Republicans. I got to agree with him, though, that, you know, and people say, oh, you know, I'm an ex-Trumper, you know, he's horrible, whatever. I'm always skeptical because I'm wondering, like, okay, are you going to vote for Democrats, for people who are going to actually make this country better? Or, you know, are they just going to, again, vote in the next election for the first Republican that promises to cut their taxes? And by their taxes, of course, billionaires' taxes. You know, it's, it, it sounds partisan. I try not to be unfair, but... The Republican Party so often these days seems to be about extracting wealth from essentially the entire country and concentrating it at 
Oh. So, if, if look, if somebody comes to me and says, look, I've been duped, I've been ignorant, you know, I'm going to vote Democrat or I'm going to vote even independent, I'll take. You know, if you, if you vote for friggin' as bad as I don't, much as I don't like her, Jill Stein is still a vote away from a Republican, I guess. You know, if a Republican vote goes that way. Whatever, I think it's still ignorant, but I guess it's something. Um, but, yeah, you have to commit to actually changing, not like, oh, well, you know, it's a bad look right now. Um, anyway, that, that's all I got, guys. I was kind of rambling. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just wanted to weigh in a little bit. Um, Anyway, I uh, love you guys. Love the show. And as always, Brittany is the best part. Love the Bye. show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Tribalism 101, folks. That's what you just heard from Brandon. Look, we love Brandon. Regular contributor sometimes. Regular contributor sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> I, as soon as it came out, I knew it was wrong. Um, <laughs> however... He's going to support Kevin on one topic for sure, and that's, is he going to vote for Democrats or is he just going to vote for some Republicans? I mean, if he's not going to vote for Democrats, maybe a Jill Stein vote would be good. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? Come on. Hang on. Not done. Oh, okay. I heard the breath. Brandon, I was coming to the rescue. <laughs> when, when, when Brandon says it sounds partisan, that's because it is. Yeah, I think he knows. That's what, yeah. I think he, that's why he said if that. If you think that the Democrats have a stranglehold on good policy, you are woefully mistaken. The, the majority of Democrats in Congress right now are opposed to single-payer health care in this country. And the reason they are is because it's not a winner, they don't believe. Mm-hmm. That's bad policy. That is wrong-headed. Many, many, many mainstream Democrats, including Tim Kaine, are opposed to sensible bank regulation that would forestall, that would avoid the kind of catastrophe economically and market-wise, that we found ourselves in in 2008. Well, and that's an important thing to note, that Democrats are not somehow like morally and ethically superior no. to Republicans, as though they aren't doing things just because it's politically expedient. They're all about, well, what's best for the people? Well, no, there are they are politicians, and yeah. they're in there looking for, well, how can I get reelected? How can I get votes? I'm here to play this political game. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's no different. I mean, you you have that on both sides of the aisle. Generally, are they better on policy? Yes. Generally, they are. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Shoot me for it. Kill me for it. But I could see myself voting for John Kasich, a guy who I've admired for many years. Still, I could see myself supporting that guy. Is he right on everything? Fuck no. The only person who's right on everything is me. I was going to yeah, you. <laughs> I'm the only guy that I agree with 100% of the time. And you know, maybe not, maybe not even 100% of the time. Yeah. Sometimes I talk myself out of my own position on things. Which is good. So to to 
to have this suspicion, I think, is healthy, but to hold on to it mm-hmm. and 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 have some kind of a like you've got a tally system, and it, as as soon as they go into the other column, then they're okay. But initially, I don't know. We need listen. If we want to change hearts and minds, and we want to win back power, political power, we need these people. Mm-hmm. We need the Nemos and the Leas. Mm-hmm. That's it's fucking fact. Mm-hmm. So, as as uh, entrenched as you are. And as recalcitrant as you have become, and listen, I get it. I joined the Democratic Party on November 9th, 2016. I was no party preference for years. And it was only because of Donald Trump that I decided, no, I need to pick a side right now. I probably will go back to being no party preference. Yeah, and so all of this to say, I I think that it is important to consider to Kevin in San Antonio that we're not saying anytime someone is like, oh, I made a mistake, we're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah come come with us. That it's a conversation, right? You can have a conversation with people, decide on your own, whatever. Um, I don't even know what we're deciding. Are we deciding to be friends with them again? Are we like, right. you know, I'm kind of confused as to what we're even talking about. <laughs> kind but, of nebulous. Yeah, but um, also... There is something to be said for people that are um, like Republicans coming out and saying vote Democrats because um, they need to win in the midterms and like Max Boot. Right. And we need to take back control. Um, So it is important for people to realize right now in this moment um, we, we need to be voting just so that the Republicans no longer have have control of the Senate. Yeah. Um, but also to his point about voting for Jill Stein, no, <laughs> that's not good. Yeah, the, the um, anti-vax conspiracy theorist with with ties to Russia. Um, mm-hmm. that Russia was um also promoting ads for for Jill Stein. Um, she's at the table with Michael Flynn and Putin in that photograph. Um, something is not right there. Right. Um, but anyway, aside from that is those third party votes in states where it matters in this situation, not, not productive, not helpful. Um, simply saying vote for anyone, but Donald Trump, that's not, that's not good. You need to figure out what's going to be the most powerful vote to prevent him from being in office. And then you make that decision. And if you are in a state where it matters, you can't vote for Jill Stein or someone like that. Yeah. Um, so that's important to consider, especially as you talk to friends and family and encourage them to vote in the future or whatever. Um, Cause I think that this is something that comes up a lot. People say, well, I need to vote my conscience. Um, I can't vote for these people. <laughs> and yeah. that's kind of how this happened. Um, it's exactly how it happened. And of course, listen, I held my nose and voted for Hillary Clinton. I don't like Hillary Clinton. I think she was a terrible candidate. Mm -hmm. I think she's a terrible person. And we live in California where she was going to win anyway. Right. So. And I still did it. Yeah. So. Anyway, listen, we could go on and on and on there. This is a multi-layered textual, um, textual kind of uh, topic that we could we could drill down on and I'm sure we'll get more emails or voicemails and we'll continue the conversation then in the meantime 
we have uh, at least one more email that, that I want to get to before we move on. Yes, this is about the uh, Alex Jones situation, <laughs> and it is from Wayne. Quote, if you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I really messed that up because there was a period after can. Wayne, I am blaming that on you. <laughs> Um, that is Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> I don't think there's supposed to be a period after cancer. Uh, well done, everyone. Alex Jones has now become the biggest right-wing martyr ever. By banning him from the most popular platforms on the internet, he has now achieved hero status. By ignoring him, you helped him create a cult-like following, and by not engaging with him to easily debunk his crap, you gave him credibility. The man is an arse. I got heat from Jesse a couple of Zoom calls ago because I said I watched his show. I watch it to see the propaganda that my opponents are fed so I can fight it. Now he's been kicked off the big platforms. I can't. The right will and are using this as a validation of Jones's views and politics. But how can the right be for freedom of speech and private corporations enforcing their own rules at the same time when they can clearly clash in such an instance? Jones is clearly a cunt. It's Wayne's email. From from the United Kingdom. Yes. Um, but <laughs> There's I, a cultural context here. But I want to know what that cunt is saying before I can justifiably deliver a stone-cold stunner to his candy ass. Wrestling references ahoy. If he's left to plot in the shadows, who knows what the nump tie will come up with? Love the show. Paul Joseph Watson is the arsehole of today. Alex Jones is British sidekick. Uh, listen, I, I we're going to talk about this in Dollamocracy, so I don't want to go too deep on it. But um, you know what? I'll leave it at that. We'll let we'll let uh, Wayne's comments stand for themselves, and then when we talk about it, we'll talk about it. All right? Mm-hmm. Sounds good. <laughs> Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and. Good-looking listeners like you, by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. So we don't have a new Patreon supporter to announce, but we did receive a very lovely gift to the P.O. Box. Yes. From Rainer. Seriously. Yeah, it was it was pretty incredible. Um, so if you do not follow us on Twitter and Instagram, you need to because that's where you would have seen this. Correct yourself. There would have been a spoiler. So at I Doubt It podcast, at Dollamore, at Brittany E. Page. But... Rainer made us a trophy, you guys. Seriously. Yeah. And it says, I doubt it with Dollamore. Best podcast ever. Jesse D. Brittany P. And the trophy and also sent us a handle of Maker's Mark. Yeah. Not a fifth. It's two fifths. It's a double. Yep. So it's a handle of Maker's. I don't know why I'm explaining what a handle is, but a handle of Maker's Mark. Um so when and you, a bag of kettle corn. Yeah. So when you look at the... I'm less interested in the kettle corn. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost gone. I was so pretty interested when, in when it. You look, when you look at the photo, you could think, oh, that's just a little bottle of Makers with, with this little trophy. It's a big trophy. The yeah. trophy's bigger than the, the handle of Makers. Yes. When I took a photo, I, I, there was no way for me to take the photo 
because the star <laughs> on top of it is so big that yeah. it was like a mirror. Yes. I was in the photo uh-huh. no matter what happened. Right. So I did a goofy wave, but... Thank you, Rainer. Yeah, and then he wrote us a very, very incredible note, and we forgot it at home today. <laughs> we came into the studio. Yeah, so, but it it was just so awesome, and we appreciate it so much. And I love little surprises at the P.O. Box. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I get emotional because it's like someone took time out of their day, and yeah. I, obviously he took a lot of time out of his day to make us this trophy, and it was just, it's so nice. Like, we really appreciate you guys supporting us, and... Um, if you support us on Patreon, if you support us by donating to PayPal, if you support us by shopping on Amazon or buying the stickers on the sticker shop um, or on Teespring, buying the products, like whatever it is that you've done. If you just listen to the show and you're a faithful um, supporter by listening to us every week, that's amazing. We appreciate you so much. Thank you. We really do believe this is your show as much as it is ours. I mean, we probably have a little bit more of an ownership stake in it. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> right. But we do consider it your show. We, 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 we want to provide a forum here, an international forum here, for people to get their views on the record, to have a larger conversation than just on your Facebook timeline or just with your group of friends. We want to be able to disagree with the Kevins and the Brandons of the world. That's, a, that's, that's not a bad thing. Because there's so much that we agree on, let's fine-tune exactly what we believe through disagreement. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Before I, I, I failed to drop the phone number to communicate with the show, 657-464-7609. You can email voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Thank you for your support financially. We could not do this without you guys. Dilemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So Donald Trump. (laughs) How often does this segment begin with those words? So Donald Trump. Quite often. (laughs) Too often. Donald Trump tweeted this weekend. Do you have the tweet? I'll talk while you pull it up. Donald Trump went on, and he has been on, um, a very accelerated, manic tweet episode. And it seems that the closer we get relative to the investigation, the more maniacal he gets, the more frantic he gets, the more manic, we'll say. And he tweeted for the first time relative to the, uh, the Trump Tower meeting June 8th or 9th of 2015, 2016, that uh, it was, in fact, not primarily about adoption, that it was about getting dirt on Hillary Clinton. Are you talking about the wonderful son tweet? Yeah. Okay. My wonderful son, Donald. So he tweeted, fake news reporting, a complete fabrication, that I am concerned about the meeting my wonderful son, Donald, had in Trump Tower. This was a meeting to get information on an opponent, totally legal and done all the time in politics. And it went nowhere. I did not know about it. And we, a couple episodes ago, (laughs) 
we we went through the through the breakdown how it started as absolutely zero communication. Right. I did a video yesterday, mm-hmm. really d- drilling down. Right with dates and with, with the sourcing. dates and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I, there, there's a seriously a links at the end of it with my sources. Yeah. That, that are like twenty deep. Yeah. Going through and doing the research. Because well, there's on been that. so many different stories coming right. out about this. So this is alarm. Well, one, this is admitting to colluding with an enemy who was attacking our democracy at the very moment that they were meeting with the Russians. Natalia Veselnitskaya has admitted that she is a Kremlin agent. There's a link to that in that video if you want to go check it out. Ooh. From Fortune. And these are all reputable sources. So what Donald Trump is doing here is admitting that he colluded with an enemy power. Where is the outrage from Republicans? This is, is the, it's moments like this. And generally, look, if, going back to the callers, going back to Kevin and going back to Brandon. Yeah, the Republicans generally don't have their shit together, especially right now. They're getting farther and farther afield from the truth, farther and farther afield from rational policy that will lead our country forward. I'm not advocating for Republican policy. It's failed. It doesn't work. I'm advocating against tribalism, I guess. But Donald Trump has co-opted the Republican Party. They were well on their way after the, the, the defeat of Mitt Romney to coming around and having a softer message and being inclusive of, of Latinos. And they took a hard right turn into white supremacy town. There were... Uh, reports that were done after the 2012 election to look, we need to unfuck ourselves because we are going to lose time after time after time after time if we continue with these policy measures that we have. If we're not reaching out to these minority communities, we're going to fuck ourselves. And Donald Trump hijacked the party and they are where they are now. So I guess generally my question is, Where are the patriots within the Republican Party who are going to say, hey, why are you admitting? Finally, now we know there's no more denials about whether or not he colluded, that they committed conspiracy against the United States of America by meeting with a hostile foreign power. They knew what the meeting was about. They had a meeting to set up the meeting, and then they went to the meeting and did what they did. Whether or not they got the information doesn't matter. If you if you uh, conspire to rob a bank, but you don't rob it, but you go to rob it, but you don't get any you don't get any uh, any any loot, you don't walk away with any money, you still get convicted of robbing a bank. Yeah, and and so that's the thing. Like he's saying, this was an information. This was a meeting to get information on an opponent. Totally legal, done all the time. Yeah. And if that was the case, if it's totally legal, done all the time, then why all the other iterations, right? Yeah. Why all the other excuses? Because this is, we're, let's say, this has been the case all along. This well, is what they knew. This is what they thought. 
then why? Why do you need to keep explaining it away? Why do you need to talk about adoptions? Why do you need to talk about, um, oh, it was so minor. We just like didn't even think about it. It was not a big deal. You're going to get information on Hillary Clinton. That's pretty exciting. That's something you're going to know about. That's something you're going to be talking about. That's something the campaign is going to be like, oh, my gosh, what is it? I can't wait to get it. Right. Even Donald Trump Jr. himself said, if it's what you say it is, I love it. Uh, My client didn't do it. And even if he did it, it's not a crime. Right. That's what he wrote in the email. Yeah. So we've known (laughs) that they've known what the meeting was about this whole time. Now they're admitting it. But it took this process because they have to like force feed the explanation to their supporters so that they retain their base and it's taken a while to do that they needed to like slowly trot it out they need to make sure that they distrust the media right they need to have rudy giuliani making the rounds starting to pepper in there every once in a while that collusion's not really a crime right that this is done all the time and now it's official now he's comfortable enough to tweet this because they've done the legwork it is. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Don Jr. I mean, obviously, he would be brought up. He's the, at the crux of this. But Donald Trump threw him under the bus with this tweet. Mm-hmm. Because this has been long denied, kind of tongue in cheek kind of a thing where, well, yeah, maybe we did that, but you know, it's not a crime. Mm-hmm. But Hillary Clinton did it and she should be investigated right. <laughs> for the non crime that it is. Apparently. Right, right. Yeah. Don Jr. was on Laura Ingram's radio show the other day. Laura Ingram from Fox News. This is this is a very annoying clip. I'm just going to kind of give a trigger warning to everybody um, that it, it she calls him Donnie repeatedly. Yeah, like they're like they're best friends. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Donnie, what do you have to say about that, Donnie? Well, so so let me set it up. She, she just gets done playing. I'm not going to play all of it, but she gets done playing clips of Don Jr.'s Donnie. Donnie's. Uh, his denials in the past yep. where he says, oh, I was just doing a, f- a favor for a friend. Mm-hmm. He wasted my time. There was nothing there. It was really about adoptions. All of those those lies that he told. And she plays them for them, for him, and then asks him to respond. And it is amazing what takes place. He disappears. Do you want any uh, comments on that, Donnie? Because they're, they're hitting you on that for contradictions. I mean, they're calling it worse than contradictions, obviously. Hello? Yeah, Donnie, what what is your reaction to all that? We're going to see if we can reconnect with uh, Donald Trump Jr. on this because we can't seem to hear him. Donnie, you hear that? (laughs) We didn't know where he went. So he, he just disappeared. How amazing is that? He just hung up or... Yeah, well, he's listening to all of his past... Um, denials and lies and half-truths. And and he's scrambling. I mean, just imagine how it went down. He's scrambling in his head. Oh, shit. What, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? I'm being put on the spot here. So he starts to do the old, hello? hello? What? I'm um, uh, sorry. We're, you're, I'm going through a tunnel. I'm breaking up or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they finally get him back on the phone and listen to how frantic he is. Somehow you got cut off. They started playing the recording and then they got cut off. It was a 20-minute meeting. It ended up being, you know, about essentially nothing that was relevant to any of these things. And, you know, that that's all it is. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So people might be thinking, wow, Laura Ingram actually like did this, but she really teed up a softball for him. For sure. And he still couldn't hang with that. Um, he fell off the line and then he came back and is like, oh yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, let's just move on from this. Um, very vague, rushed answer. Yeah. Um, and so I can't imagine what would happen if he was actually faced with a real journalist who was putting pressure on him to answer the question. Well, we we won't know because they don't do interviews with real journalists anymore. Mm-hmm. They they they're in their comfort zone with Fox News troglodytes mm-hmm. like Laura Ingram, mm-hmm. like Sean Hannity. Yeah, all on the opinion side, and th- right. maybe they'll sit with Chris Wallace, but even that is too hard-hitting for these assholes. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to leave that at that. I had a clip about it, but we've we've, we've exhausted it. Um, they've The media has kind of been doing what we did like two days ago when we went through, and what I did yesterday in the video about um, the story went from this to, oh, no, not that, this, and then, oh, no, not really that, this. So it's just this, this evolution of bullshit. So l- let's... I've got two things I want to talk about to finish the show. And one is um, this QAnon conspiracy theory group that kind of got started on 4chan and 8chan and I think even Reddit. You know, it's it's morphed into something. Mm-hmm. Like Roseanne Barr is one of these morons. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gary Tuckman, we'll just start there, I guess. And then we'll finish with Alex Jones. Um, Gary Tuckman is a reporter for CNN, and he was on the ground for one of these recent rallies where they were all there. Well, should we say what QAnon is first? Yeah, sure. Okay, so it's kind of like uh, everything, all of the conspiracy theories together. So there was a a daily episode where one of the reporters described it as a a potpourri of internet derangement because (laughs) it... It just kind of has a little bit of everything. Like it, it covers the Kennedy assassination, the investigation into Russian interference in the election. I mean, like it's, it's all the conspiracy theories together. Pizzagate is in there. Um, you know that Hillary Clinton was involved in a child sex ring that was being run out of the basement in a pizzeria. <laughs> well, and how it started was it's it, they like it's on four chan or eight chan. One you know one of those. Uh, regular web, but dark webby kind of, you know, where the worst of the internet hang out. Yeah. And um, it's, they believe that this Q. An anonymous person that started posting messages. Yeah. In like the, October 2017. This person they believe is actually like deep in the government, in the intelligence community. Right. Who is dropping what they call breadcrumbs. Right. For them to piece together these elaborate Conspiracy theories that revolve around like pedophilia rings and all kinds of crazy ass shit. Mm -hmm. They are also big time Donald Trump supporters. There is an element of this conspiracy theory that believes the Mueller probe is not investigating Donald Trump, but is in league with Donald Trump to take down these child traffickers. Mm -hmm. Seriously, it is deranged but it's picking up steam well especially because they believe like donald trump is kind of signaling to them so q is the 17th letter in the alphabet and donald trump sometimes tweets calling um moeller's team the 17 angry democrats he just changed it from 13 to 17 so they they feel like anytime he references the number 17 that he is signaling to them 
I I know about this. I'm yeah. handling it. Like keep supporting Q or whatever. So it's it's a little scary, but it it rose to prominence this last week because of all of the Q signs and shirts at the rally. So Gary Tuckman went to the rally and decided to interview some of the Trump supporters and ask them like, "Hey, what is this thing that you believe in?" And it didn't go well. Waiting in line in a driving rain, very motivated Trump supporters wanting to see the president in person in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. We are cute. Some of those people wearing and holding the 17th letter of the alphabet. Are you holding a big red, white, and blue Q? Why do you have that? It's a movement, man. It's the shift. I can feel it coming. Some call it the Great Awakening. You're wearing a shirt that says QWWG1WGA. What does that mean? It means where we go one, we go all. QAnon is... The people that believe in what Trump's trying to do to change our country. That is a generalization. More specifically, what QAnon is, is a fringe movement in which many baseless conspiracy theories are discussed on the Internet, organized around the idea of an anonymous but well-connected person or persons nicknamed Q. Your shirt says, the storm is here, QAnon. What does that mean to you? Well, I've been following all the posts since uh, October 28th. On the Internet. From QAnon, the the person or people who say they're Q. Right. What do you think Q is, by the way? It's an entity of 10 or less people that have um, uh, high high, um, clearance, you know, security clearance. And how do you know that? Well, I'm just telling you, this is what it appears to be. What it appears to be. So you don't have any proof of that. That's what you're guessing it is. And you don't have any proof there isn't. We've all been uh, gathering online and talking together as as Americans and uniting and Do you think it's maybe just to make you comfortable talking with other frustrated sometimes yes. angry people yes. but maybe it's not true because there's no evidence of it it's just stuff being talked about on the internet right there hasn't been any non-evidence yet a major <laughs> mantra among QAnon oh, followers Jesus. the press is the enemy you guys are So you don't believe in the First Amendment? Oh, I totally believe in the First Amendment. Well, you don't. You just said the press is well, the enemy. Well, you guys are weaponized. You guys are totally weaponized by the CIA. What is that? You guys are weaponized by the CIA. By the CIA. I don't know anybody in the CIA except a couple of people I've interviewed over That's the years. Scary. Okay. But weaponized, what does that even mean? Like, you say stuff that doesn't even mean anything. Um, the term weaponized by the CIA. Conspiracy theorists. The, con- the term Do you think cons- I'm weaponized by the CIA? Maybe not to your knowledge, and it's, that's really, that's unfortunate. You believe there is a deep state? Yes. And what do you think that deep state's doing? You think they're running this country? I think they were, and they're petrified now because they're losing their control. But Donald Trump's the president. He's running the country, right? Yeah, but he's having to fight against them. I mean, he said he could do it all himself. Everything would be so easy when he came into office. And you think he's fighting with the deep state a year and a half into his term? I think he's been fighting since before he was elected. And who is in this deep state? Who are the people in it? Oh, I definitely believe that, like, the Clintons, the Bushes, the Obamas. So you think the Clintons, the Bushes, and the Obamas are running this country as we stand here in the rain? No, they're trying. The anonymous Q is a hero to many here. One man actually hoping to communicate with Q by looking straight into our camera. Is it possible you're believing bogus information, yes or no? Is it possible that I'm believing bogus information? I mean, let's see. Let's see, Q. Let's see. So... While, yeah, I mean, some I love, of it... I love the, you don't have any proof that there's not. That's mm-hmm. not how proof works. Yeah. <laughs> so some of it is comical, but mostly it's really sad. And um, I, it, it honestly makes me kind of depressed. Um, but I wish there was more that could be done 
to counter it. Um, And conspiracy theorists are one of the more frustrating groups of people to communicate with for me because there's pretty much nothing you can say. There is nothing. And that woman was a perfect illustration of what goes wrong when you try to have these conversations. Um, She said... There's there's no evidence. There's no non-evidence. Is that the phrase that yeah. she used? Yeah. So I don't know what that means. Um, but you she's know, non-evidence. Yeah, but she's saying, well, you haven't proved that like QAnon isn't a thing, <laughs> and you can't prove a negative. Yeah, you. That's that's not how evidence works, like you said. But in order to evaluate this. You would need more information. You would need to know who the anonymous person is. You would need to know, like, where they're getting the information. Um, they've released, like, 1,800 posts. So have all of those been factually correct? No. In fact, there's a lot of predictions that are made by this queue right. that end up being complete bullshit. Right. So these are the kinds of questions that you would need to ask. These are the kinds of things that you would need to weigh. Um and just with a lot of these conspiracies, they are, you, you can prove them wrong. But for people who don't value evidence, you, you can't make them value evidence. For sure not. And these people are very motivated to believe this. You can hear it in how eager they are to offer these explanations and how happy they are to tell Gary Tuckman that he's working for the CIA yeah. on camera. They're not afraid to say it on camera, knowing it's going to be broadcast to millions of people. Well, these, these, these are people... And not just them, but I think a lot of most conspiracy theorists, they find joy, glee, comfort in having secret knowledge that no one else has. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because not knowing is fucking terrifying. Yeah. For a certain percentage of the population. Yeah. Well, I actually this a good example of this is the Las Vegas shooting. Um, the Stephen Paddock guy mm-hmm. at the concert from the hotel. I forgot what hotel it was. Um, they just released their final report and they have no explanation for why it happened. Yeah. They have no explanation. They don't know why it happened. They released their final report. The investigation's over. They don't know why. They don't know the motive. And that is like prime territory for people to fill in their own reason why it happened right. um and you see a lot of conspiracy surrounding that case as well there were multiple shooters um it was terrorists a lot of explanations that the people who investigating it didn't find evidence for but these people on the internet who weren't there don't have information right who looked are, at a couple photos <laughs> right are happy to concoct their own explanation because it makes them feel better because hey it's scary that some dude got a hotel room, filled it with guns and ammunition and killed a bunch of people that yeah. were at a concert for no reason. Uncertainty. Um, it's terrifying. It is. It's what drives it. Right. Yeah. But there are situations where sometimes there's not an explanation and we have to learn to be okay until we get additional information and find the evidence. And there's just something about human nature that makes us uncomfortable with that. Yeah. So let's shift gears from this to chief conspiracy theorist, maybe in the world, Alex Jones. As Wayne indicated in his in his uh, email, Alex Jones has been kicked off social media pretty much entirely. YouTube started with Apple banning a couple of his podcasts. Um, YouTube kicked him off. Apparently his app, the InfoWars app is still, as of right now, 
10.21 a.m. on Tuesday is still on the App Store for both Google and for Android and for Apple. His app. So he still has a way to disseminate his message, but not through podcasts, not through YouTube, and apparently not through Facebook. Three, and and I think Twitter is probably going to be next. And there is a conversation right now about whether or not that is a good thing. Well, I think everybody says, yeah, it is a good thing, but should it be what happened? Should it be the way that it happened? And I'm as conflicted as I am about it, I'm okay with it. It's not 100%, yeah, fuck that guy. I mean, it is fuck that guy. <laughs> but the decision, you know, is does this give room for, for instance, we've been posting about this on the Facebook page, and we we have comments there that say, yeah, Fox News is next. Mm-hmm. And if th- those kind of things shouldn't be said. Mm-hmm. Because it, it does show the right, oh, yeah, these wacky, crazy liberals, they're going to be coming for everyone. Right. Anybody who doesn't agree with them, mm-hmm. even on mundane, banal policy disagreements, mm-hmm. you are going to be deplatformed if you disagree. And that's not the world we want to live in. That stifles conversation. That stifles a diversity of thought and opinion. Mm-hmm. But... He is a dangerous person. Mm-hmm. He has damaged people, mm-hmm. especially the families of Sandy Hook and 9-11 survivors, the families. So I, that's that's why I'm, you know, 65% okay with him getting kicked the fuck out. Mm-hmm. I disagree with Wayne. I'm going to go back to his email for this reason. Wayne is like, well, all these conservatives are now going to rally and make him stronger. That's not how it's going to work in my mind. If he's not on Facebook, he's maybe soon off Twitter. He do, he can't get his message out through a podcast. If you have to go to his website for it, they've taken out his legs. Yeah, he'll still have uh, an audience, but the there's no way to mass distribute like he did before. And it, it, I, I used this um, analogy yesterday. When Donald Trump blocked me on Twitter, I, I stuck at it. I kept at it for another couple months where I would go to his Twitter feed, take a photo. I still do it once in a while, but I am no longer as much uh, as a pain, of a pain in the ass to Donald Trump on Twitter as I was because it's just too difficult. People are inherently lazy. And if they can't just go on YouTube where they are, if they just can't click a button on Facebook, if they can't just see him on Twitter... His popularity and his audience is going to wither and die. It just is. That's just the way it's going to work. As much as I know about social media and how shit, getting, getting a message like this out. But by kicking him off YouTube, by kicking him off Facebook, by Apple Podcast, he still has a podcast, by the way. It just, it can't be found on the directory that is Apple Podcasts. I don't have any right to have my voice right now found on the iTunes directory. I have no right to that. I have a right to have a website, I guess. My website that I can put this podcast on like I do. But those individual directories are maintained and run by private companies that can make their own decisions. This guy's freedom of speech has not been infringed. 
just hasn't. That's not the way this works. Now, if the government said, you can't do a podcast, then his rights were infringed. But he's a dangerous guy who hurts innocent people. And uh, overall, I'm I'm happy that he's been banned. <laughs> you you pointed at me. so well, I was going to say, if you have something to say. Yeah. Um, I think Wayne is right that Republicans are going to use this to um, ratchet up support for their cause. There's already um, these talking points floating around that Facebook and other social networks target conservatives and try to get them offline, like Diamond and Silk, for example. Um, you that was were- proven to be a lie. Right. But <laughs> you know how people are with the facts, right? right? As soon as they learn things are lies, they stop talking about it or using it as a talking point. Um, Ted Cruz, when this happened, um, he was being interviewed by the Texas Observer. And he said, first, they came for Alex Jones. <laughs> it's just it's wrong. It is. It- um, That's fine. It, it, no, I know it's wrong, but you see they're using it. And then same with Sheriff Joe Arpaio, his like media manager or something was tweeting yesterday, encouraging people to buy advertising from Infowars yeah. to help generate income for them. So you you do have uh, Republicans using this to advance their talking point that there are liberals out there who are trying to target conservatives remove them from their platforms and they're they're using it to support their cause. So I think that that will continue, especially since I think it was like two weeks ago that Tucker Carlson was like praising Alex Jones's work and Alex Jones tweeted him and thanked him hmm. for his words. Yeah. So that's on a mainstream news outlet that you have someone who has millions of viewers promoting Alex Jones um, and defending him. So that seems like a problem to me, but I I do I do think obviously I know it's a fact that Alex Jones is a dangerous person who um, encourages people to actually go out and harass um, victims right. that Even lost his their babies. Do that. His employees do that. Yeah. So he he is a dangerous figure. Um, he won't admit whether he is actually like just doing this to perform or if he really believes this stuff. So who knows what's going on with him, but whatever it is, the result of what he does is not good. So I'm with you where I think it's a difficult decision. Um, If I had to come down one way, I think it's probably good that he was banned from these social networks. Um, But I do see the argument that it will be used yeah. Um, against liberals. And um, I, I don't know what will happen to his following, right? He had like 2.5 million subscribers on YouTube, I believe. I don't know what his um, likes were on Facebook. He or- had like 2 billion views on YouTube. Yeah. So he, here's, I mean, this is a time will tell kind of a thing. In six months, I think the what I'm saying here will bear out mm-hmm. that the Ted Cruz's and the Joe Arpaio's, they're not going to be talking about this anymore. They're using it right now in this moment. But in six months, he's going to be a shadow of his current self. And no one will be talking about Alex Jones. I, that's just how I feel. So, we'll see. In six months. Yeah, so six months. In six months, we'll see if you... I was going to say two months, but I think that's a little too Whoa. soon. Whoa, <laughs> yeah. I, That's why I said six months. All right, good. So I, in six months, we may or may not be hearing a tooting of the own horn. Oh, I wish I had it. Yeah. You... I would do it preemptively. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but we'd love to know what you guys think about this. Yeah. Because it isn't a cut and dry, easy answer. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would love to know what the audience has to say about the banning, the pri- I mean, the privacy, the the, the private company ish aspect of it. That you know, there's a lot of moving parts. Well, and let's not act like this was a principled decision. That's why it For all. Sure, it, that's no. why it all happened on one day, and one decided to do it, and then they all felt the additional pressure to do it. And they they said it was because he violated community standards in Facebook's case. Yeah. yeah well, how long has that been going on? Right. Um, in Spotify's case, they said that they take reports of hate speech very seriously. Mm-hmm. Well, how long has that been going on? Right. You know, it, it all just happened to come crashing down on the same day. All of yeah. the hate speech and community guideline violations. I 100% agree that they they balanced it and looked at it and, and, and made a, a financial decision of what was going to hurt or help their bottom line. And they eventually came to the decision that Alex Jones isn't good for our business. We got to get him out of here mm-hmm. because too much heat's on us now. Mm-hmm. But they weighed the decision against their profits, not because of some moral um, you know, flag in the sand. Mm-hmm. I, 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 you're right about that for sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, 657-464-7609, email those voice memos to our email address from your smartphone, I doubt it at dollamore.com. It's the asshole of today. Kevin Swanson. Kevin Swanson, the truth wiener. And this is not the first time he no, has been no. asshole today. I think it might be his third time, maybe more. Okay. And he is a pastor and a radio host. And he regularly goes on and on um, attacking the LGBTQ community. That's like his pet issue. Yeah. Um, I think every other time he's been asshole of today, it's probably been related to his attacks on that community. And he's at it again because, of course, uh, California has serious wildfires right now. And Like never before. I mean, I don't want to be like Donald Trump, but... The likes of which the, the state has never seen. In fact, I think over the course of the last... Tw- we don't have a fire season anymore. The, every 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 month of every year is now the state's on fire. Right. It's very dangerous. Climate change, everybody. That's what it is. Well, Kevin Swanson has an alternative explanation. If you look at the history of California, they've been at the forefront of this. Back in 1850, you know, a common law statute was installed in the territory of California providing for the legalization of uh, sodomy and setting the penalty at five years to life in prison. Uh, But the first gay pride march occurred in San Francisco in 1970, and then San Francisco legitimized homosexuality in 1972. In 1982, Laguna Beach, California, elected the first openly homosexual mayor in United States history. In 1999, California adopted a domestic partnership law. I believe it was one of the first in the nation to do that. In 2005, California state legislators became the first in the nation to pass the same-sex marriage law. It was vetoed by Governor Schwarzenegger at the time. In 2008, the California Supreme Court then struck down Prop 22 in regard to marriage cases, and Prop 8 also was uh, struck down later on that year, I believe. In 2011, California became the first state to mandate homosexual indoctrination classes for K-8 students. And then in 2012, California became the first state to sign a ban on therapy that uh, was attempting to convert homosexuals into uh, non-homosexuals. And then in 2017, the California state uh, schools implemented the homosexual indoctrination program 
that was advised by the California Assembly in 2011. So that occurred just last year, you remember. Yep. That was the kickoff for the biggest fires California has ever seen in its history last year. And those fires continue in 2018. So God is burning down California in 2017 and 2018 after about 25 years of leading the pack to legitimize the sin of homosexuality in that state. So it's the <laughs> it's the homosexuals, as you um, heard him articulate. Homosexuals. He yeah, right. <laughs> you that know, was a very uh, fancy phrasing there. It makes you wonder if a guy is so well versed on the dates and the history of 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 gay related. Listen, if I don't know anybody who's this obsessed with sodomy laws and like what? Why is this his thing? Mm-hmm. It seems like a little self-loathing thing going on here. Well, he does talk about it a lot. A lot. And I I don't know how to explain it. Of course, we've talked about him being the truth wiener, which is the reference to that study that's like 10 years old now or something um, that I never checked to see if it was replicated. So who knows if it's true. But It's funny to talk about. Yeah, but it was basically the results showed that men who had um, higher scored higher on like homophobic attitudes, however that was measured, um, actually responded more um, literally via a measurement of their penis um, erection <laughs> yeah, so what- um, while they were watching homosexual porn. Yeah, so- so they, they hooked they hooked them up to like a dick measurer like a dick like a like a, a, a lie detector for your dick and then they showed them gay porn and dudes well, who, they showed them different types of porn to compare and they yeah, responded right. most to them. so so d- dudes who had like anti virulent ha- uh, anti homosexual beliefs mm-hmm. um their dicks moved more mm-hmm. when they saw the gay porn than those who who didn't have those beliefs yeah so we, I, I, this early on in the show, years ago, mm-hmm. I said that, you know, Wiener doesn't lie and yeah. he, it always is going to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And his, uh, he's a truth Wiener. So, you know, he yeah. still is a truth Wiener. So who knows what he has going on? But I, by the way, we're not even addressing the fact that he's, he's, people are dying in California fires mm-hmm. and he's blaming God for that. Mm-hmm. He's saying God is burning people to death. Because California has been so accepting. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's fires other other places there, Kevin Swanson. Right. But it just, it's, it's, uh, seriously. Because yeah, nothing ever happens where religious people are. And an nothing asshole. bad ever happens to religious people. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. So, and this guy has a following. Um, he remains pretty popular. He appeared um, at a conference where Ted Cruz was. We just talked about Ted Cruz uh, and gave a speech before Ted Cruz came up and spoke. Or I think maybe Ted Cruz was just in attendance. But about either killing gays. Right. So, either way, this is a guy who is connected and um, has a following. And it's 2018, almost 2019. And he is still saying things like this. So, tippy top shape. That is why he is featured in this segment. He is the asshole of today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. We're going to leave you there. We love you guys. Thank you. We will be back on Thursday for more of the goings on of both the Trump administration and also just generally news and good times. We would love to hear from you. Sound off about these topics or any others. 
We will play your voicemail on the show, talk about it, have a conversation. 657-464-7609. Email those voice memos under three minutes from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We will see you on Thursday. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for all of your support via Patreon and buying stuff on Amazon, even your ratings and reviews of the show on Apple Podcasts. As profanity long, free. Profanity free. As long as we're still on Apple Podcasts, I mean. I mean, who knows? Maybe we're next to go. Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully not. Anyway, we'll see you guys. We love you. Thank you. Until next time, for Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore. This has been I Doubt. We're going to see if we can reconnect with uh, Donald Trump Jr. on this.